He reigns above every name with power and majesty, dominion, authority. He reigns today. We are celebrating our father, Yahweh, Jehovah God. We celebrate our father's goodness now, giving thanks for his grace and his mercy. Today, we will unpack biblical truths. Today, using literary devices, expounding upon types and shadows, using biblical exegesis, anthropomorphism, and eschatology. It is our prayer today that you will be empowered to live on purpose as you train your human spirit to be led and guided by the spirit life of the word, the Holy Spirit. Congratulations, Olive Ministries on 71 years in ministry. Today is our anniversary launch. So prayerfully, you've invited others to join us today via the Maximize You and later today at 3 p.m. as we continue the celebration of Pentecost today. Again, we are welcoming our global audience today. Thank you so much for your continued partnership. Thank you for your feedback, for the those of you who are sowing your financial resources in the ministry, we want to say thank you again. Again, believers, our God reigns. Celebrate with us today. He reigns above every name, every name with power, majesty, dominion, authority. He reigns and we celebrate our father's goodness, giving thanks today for his grace and his mercy. Believers, we are excited today that you paused this morning to join us. We thank you and we value your partnership as we celebrate the living Lord today with the divine alignment, the divine alignment. Give him praise now for another day, another week. We know that dad will speak to us today and he will speak through us today. And we want to hear what dad has to say to us today. Well, in referencing the word of God today, looking at the Jewish festival of Shavuot, it is celebrated on the 50th day after Passover. It is also known as the Feast of Weeks and the Feast of 50 Days in Rabbinic Tradition. Jesus' ascension also signified the completion of his time on earth, celebrated 10 days before the Feast of Pentecost. Now, it's recorded in the gospel. We'll look today at Luke, Luke's uh, recording, also at John's gospel as well. Uh, according to Luke chapter 24, verses 50 through 53, when he had led them out to the vicinity of Bethany, he lifted up his hands and blessed them. While he was blessing them, he left them and was taken up into heaven. Then they worshiped him and returned to Jerusalem with great joy. And they stayed continually at the temple praising God. Can you imagine? Now, Luke also records that there were added that day about 3,000 souls. If you references in Acts chapter 2, verse 41. 
John's gospel records, this is John uh, 3 and verse 13, no one has ascended into heaven, but he who descend from heaven, the son of man. What if you, the disciples, were to see the son of man ascending where he was before? John 6, 62, and Jesus also converses with Mary Magdalene after his resurrection outside of the tomb. And this is in John chapter 20, verse 17. Believers, we have a very strategic heavenly father. He uses uh, his awesome, I'd like to say his divine strategies to help us to create a divine alignment. Now, uh, the word says here, it says in him also we have received an inheritance, a destiny we were claimed by God as his own, having been predestined, chosen, appointed beforehand according to the purpose of him who works everything in agreement with the counsel and design of his will so that we who were the first to hope in Christ, who first put our confidence in him as our Lord and Savior, would exist to the praise of his glory. In him you also, when you heard the word of truth, the good news of your salvation, and as a result believed in him, were stamped with the seal of the promise of Holy Spirit, the one promised by Christ as owned and protected by our Father. The Spirit is the guarantee, the first installment, the pledge, a foretaste of our inheritance until the redemption of God's own purchase, possession, his believers to the praise of his glory. Now, when we study, when we begin to study and go back and look at the death, burial, resurrection of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, and then take the journey on to Pentecost, we always want to go back and reflect on the beginning, the beginning Genesis, which is a shadow of the book of the Acts of the Apostles. Now, in the beginning, Elohim created, I like to say in his splendor, the sovereign Lord. We began to see here in the book of Genesis, we began to see the work of the spirit life of the word or the precious Holy Spirit. The spirit moved, the spirit spoke, and the spirit created in the book of Genesis. Now, the word says that many are the afflictions of the righteous, but the Lord delivered them out of them all. When we reflect on the journey from Genesis to Acts of the Apostles, there were many afflictions, many afflictions. Christ himself was afflicted for our sake. But how many are excited today to know that all the promises in the word, all the promises of our father are yes and amen. Yes and amen. And so when we reflect on today, what does Pentecost mean to me? What does it mean to me? I've now been recreated in the word. I've been recreated in Christ. Therefore, I've been recreated in the spirit life of the word. So as a recreated being, guess what, believers? I have the same DNA as my father. Aren't you excited about that today? You, you ought to be excited about the word today. 
Well, when Jesus, come on now, I want you to stay with me in the spirit. When Jesus made his ascension, when he made his ascension here, he says, I will ask the father and he will send another companion. Aren't you excited that he he wanted to uh, he wanted to talk to the father, to, to, to talk to the father, appeal to the father on our behalf. He appealed to the father on your behalf today. Aren't you excited about that? You should be excited that, that Jesus Christ wanted to talk to his father on our behalf, on my behalf today. And so he wanted to talk to the father and tell the father, hey, listen, I'm going to put it in layman's turn. I'm leaving. I got to go. Uh, but, but when I leave, I want, I don't want to leave them comfortless. I want to make sure that they have somebody that they got to have a comforter that they got to have a standby somebody who will be with them regardless of whatever it is that they will have to suffer. Now, in preparing this lesson for today, I referred to an article on the lessons of Pentecost by Noah Castellanos. And listen in. Before ascending into the heavens, the risen Jesus instructed his small band of followers, which we refer to as the disciples, to walk in Jerusalem for the coming of his spirit. This is referring to Acts chapter 1, verses 4 through 5. We then see Luke's description of the Holy Spirit. Spirit's arrival in the second chapter of Acts. What we refer to as Pentecost was the birth of a multicultural, multilingual fellowship. Come on and go with me now to the upper room. Can you imagine? Can you imagine what was happening in the upper room when they gathered there, when they gathered there? Now, so the Holy Spirit comes at Pentecost. We're picking this up now at the Acts of the Apostles chapter 2. Listen in, believers. When the day of Pentecost came, they were all together in one place. Suddenly a sound, like the blowing of a violent wind came. Where did it come from? From heaven and filled the whole house where they were sitting. We talked last week about release and reset. Here again, the posture should be a posture of rest. You notice they were not standing believers. It says suddenly, the sound like the blowing of a violent wind came from heaven, filled the whole house where they were sitting. Don't miss that. They saw what seemed to be tongues of fire that separated and came to rest on each of them. All of them were filled, not one was missed, believers, but all of them were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit enabled them. Verse 5, now there were staying in Jerusalem God-fearing Jews from every nation under heaven. When they heard this sound, a crowd came together in bewilderment because each one heard their own language being spoken. It didn't say now that they were speaking all these other languages. However, those that crowd, those who were in the crowd, they heard. They heard their own language being spoken. Don't miss it. Utterly amazed, they asked, Aren't all these who are speaking Galileans? Then how is it that each of us hears them in our native language? Both Jews and converts to Judaism. 
all these different languages. We hear them declaring the wonders of God, the wonders of our Father in our own tongues. Amazed and perplexed, they ask one another, what does this mean? Some, however, made fun of them and said they have had too much wine. So Peter comes along and he addresses the crowd. Then Peter stood up with the eleven, raised his voice and addressed the crowd. Fellow Jews and all of you who live in Jerusalem, let me explain this to you. Listen carefully to what I say. These people are not drunk, as you suppose. It's only nine in the morning. No, this is this is what was spoken by the prophet Joel. This is good news, believers. This is amazing. In the last days, God says, I will pour out my spirit on all people. Your sons and daughters will prophesy. Your young men will see visions. Your old men will dream dreams. Even on my servants, both men and women, I will pour out my spirit in those days and they will prophesy. They will declare. They will release their faith. I will show wonders in the heavens above and signs on the earth below. Blood and fire and pillows of smoke. The sun will be turned to darkness and the moon to blood before the coming of the great and glorious day of the Lord. And everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. Fellow Israelites, listen to this. Jesus of Nazareth was a man accredited by God to you by miracles, wonders, and signs, which God did among you through him. As you yourselves know, this man was handed over to you by God's deliberate plan, his deliberate plan, believers, and foreknowledge, and you with the help of wicked men, put him to death by nailing him to the cross. But God raised him. This is good news. God raised him from the dead, freeing him from the agony of death because it was impossible for death to keep its hold on him. Believers, and I want you to know today that we've been raised up in Christ, seated with him, seated with him, take your rightful place this morning, freeing us as believers of the agony of death, of the agony of death, because it is impossible for death to not only keep Christ, but it is impossible for death to keep its hold on us. The death of darkness, come on, the death of despair today, the death of stronghold, it is impossible for them to keep its hold on us as believers in Christ. David said about him, I saw the Lord always before me because he is at the right hand and I will not be shaken. If you will declare that today, Jesus is at the right hand of the Father, so I'm seated with him, I will will not be shaken. Therefore, my heart is glad today. My tongue rejoices. My body will rest in hope because you will not abandon me to the realm of the dead. You will not let your holy one see decay. You have made known me to the paths of life. You will fill me with joy in your presence. 
He says here, fellow Israelites, I can tell you confidently that the patriarch David died and was buried and his tomb is here to this day. But he was a prophet and knew that God had promised him on oath that he would place one of his descendants on his throne. Seeing what was to come, he spoke to the resurrection of the Messiah, that he was not abandoned to the realm of the dead, nor did his body see decay. God has raised this Jesus to life, believing this is good news for us. God has raised this Jesus to life and we are all witnesses of it, exalted to the right hand of God. He has received from the Father the promised Holy Spirit, has poured out what we now see and hear. This is what happened in the upper room. We want you today to have an upper room experience. For David did not ascend to heaven and yet he said, the Lord said to my Lord, sit at my right hand. Until I make your enemies a footstool for your feet. Therefore, let all Israel be assured of this today. That God has made this Jesus, whom you crucified, both Lord and Messiah. We're talking about the divine alignment today. The divine alignment. Well... The exegesis of Acts chapter 2, uh, now that Peter says here, he made a reference to that God raised him up, loosing the pains of death. The expression means that death tried to bind him. Death tries to bind us. Death tried to hold him. Death tries to hold us. But it was impossible. Come on and declare, it is impossible. It's impossible. It's impossible now for me to be bind. Come on, to be whole. For somebody to put chains on me. I'm talking about the chains of reasoning today, the, the chains of strongholds today, the chains of sickness today. It is impossible. It is impossible because God raised him up. He raised Jesus up and he seated us with him, loosing the pains of death in our life today, conquering death on our behalf, giving praise, believers, joy rising. As believers, we've been recreated in Christ, yes. Therefore, if any man, boy, woman, girl, therefore, if anyone is in Christ, where is he, believers? He's a new creation. The old has gone, the new has come, and this is from our Father who reconciled us. This is good news. He reconciled or changed the believer to himself. How did he do it? That's through Christ. That's through Christ and gave us the ministry of change, the ministry of reconciliation, that God was reconciling the world to himself in Christ, not counting men's sins against them. And he has committed to us the message of change, the message of reconciliation. We are therefore Christ's ambassadors. Get excited about that. We are therefore Christ's ambassadors as though God were making his appeal through us. We implore you on Christ's behalf, believers, be reconciled to God, be changed to the image of our Father through Christ. God made him who knew no sin to be sin for us, so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. Come on and declare with me now. Say, I am united with Christ. I am the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. I'm seated with him today. Well, 
in reviewing today, in preparing, joy rising, joy rising, I begin to go back and look at the threefold nature of man, or man on three dimensions, some refer to it as the Imago Day. Going back to Kenneth Hagin's work and the spiritual man by Watchman Nee. Come on, let's pick it up. The threefold nature of man, understanding who I am. I gotta understand what Pentecost means to me today, so that I can live in total prosperity. The spirit, soul, and body. Well, the spirit, the dimension of man which deals with the spiritual realm, the part of man that knows God, the part of me that identifies with my father. Then I can look at the soul, the dimension of man, which deals with the mental reason. Gotta understand why sometimes I want to reason, try to figure things out. That's my intellect. The sensibilities and will, the part that reasons and thinks. Then I want to go over here and look at the body. Look at what houses me today. The dimension of man, which deals with the physical realm, the house in which I live, the house in which you live. Let's not forget, believers, that man is a speaking spirit. Man is a spirit who possesses a soul, lives in a physical body. So man's spirit is a part of him that knows God. Come on and say, come on and declare that. Say, I know him. I know my father from my recreated spirit. Well, Jesus told the woman in Samaria, what did he say? He said, God is his spirit. And they that worship him must worship him. How? Gave specific instructions. They must worship him in spirit and in truth. This is John 4, 24. We cannot know or touch him physically because our father is not a man. He is spirit. We cannot communicate with our father through our intellect, our reason, our mentality, for he is what he is, spirit. But we can reach him with our spirit, our recreated spirit. And it is through our spirit that we come to know our father. We're able to fellowship with our father. We're able to commune with our father. So we know that our father is spirit. And yet, he who is a spirit took upon himself, come on believers, he took upon himself a man's body. That's Christ. Jesus was God manifest in the flesh in the beginning. In the beginning, let's go back to John. John's gospel, chapter one, in the beginning was the word. And the word was with God and the word was God. The same was in the beginning with God. All things were made by him, and without him was not anything made that was made, and the word was made flesh and dwelt among us. This is good news. He dwelt among us. An excerpt from the spiritual man, listen in. Jehovah God formed man of dust from the ground, breathed into his nostrils the breath of life. Man became a living soul. This is Genesis chapter 2. When God first created man, he formed him of dust from the ground. Then he breathed the breath of life into his nostrils. As soon as the breath of life, which became man's spirit, came into contact with the physical body, the soul was produced. Hence, the soul is a combination of man's body and spirit. The scriptures here, therefore, call man a living soul. The breath of life became man's spirit. That is the principle of life within him. The Lord Jesus tells us 
Jesus said, it is a spirit that gives life. John 6, 63. This breath of life comes from the Lord of creation. However, we must not confuse man's spirit with God's precious Holy Spirit, the spirit life of the word. The latter differs from our human spirit. Romans chapter 8 verse 16 demonstrates their difference by declaring that it is the spirit himself bearing witness with our spirit that we are the children of God. As we close today, believers, the primary way of the Holy Spirit or the spirit life of the words, his guidance is through the inward witness, which is in our recreated spirit. Proverbs chapter 20, verse 27 says, the spirit of man is the candle of the Lord. In the Amplified translations here, the word rendered candle as lamp. This means that our father will enlighten us. Don't miss it. Our heavenly father will enlighten us. He will guide us through the Holy Spirit, the spirit life of the word, through the believer's recreated spirit. Our recreated spirit should be the dominant part of us, an expression of our father's glory. And in doing that, believers, we do have to take a part in this. There's something we must do. We're talking about divine alignment. We must guard the gates. This is our assignment for the week. Guard the gates to the spirit for divine alignment. That means we're going to guard the gates to our hearing, what we hear, what we see. We want to be careful what we hear, what we see, what we taste, what we smell, and what we touch. Takes us now back to reviewing that second dimension. The soul, we look more closely now to the second part of man's threefold nature, the soul. As we talked earlier, reviewed earlier today, the soul is the intellect. It is man's sensibilities and wills, a part of man that reasons and thinks. It deals with the mental realm. Romans chapter 12, we see in Paul's teachings here that we ought to do something with the soul, our minds, with our bodies. It says, present your bodies a living sacrifice. That means the, this recreated spirit makes a presentation of the body. Through the renewing of the mind. Present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. In the very next verse, Paul goes on to say something about the mind which is man's intellect or his soul. He says here that we are to do something with our minds also. Be not conformed to this world, the world system, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind. When we release our faith in words, when we ponder, consider what the word says about us, meditating the word, making declarations of our faith, praying, we're renewing the mind. That we may prove what is that good, acceptable, and perfect will of God. Believers, this is good news today. For divine alignment, divine alignment today. 
Our father has given us a great commission, a great commission. This is not we want, we don't want to just be divinely aligned for ourselves, but it's also to be a witness, to be a witness, to be his witness here in the earth. That's the great commission. According to John 14, 16 to 17, it says, I received all authority in heaven and on earth. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the precious Holy Spirit, teaching them to obey everything that I've commanded you. Look, I myself will be with you every day until the end of this present age. Give him praise and glory now. For the word, give him praise and glory now for the word as we close today. We are celebrating the living Lord today. We are excited about who he is in our lives as born again believers. Joy rising today. Give him praise and glory. Yes, our God reigns. Our father reigns above every name. Thank you, father. With power today, majesty dominion authority he reigns we celebrate our father's goodness today giving thanks for his grace and his mercy we thank you father for divine alignment today we thank you now we thank you for taking our rightful place on a daily basis which is being seated in you seated with you father in the heavenly places impacting father this world here that you've given us. So we thank you that there's treasure in me. Say that today. Say, there's treasure in me. There is treasure in me. And just as you raise him up, Father, loosing the pains of death, you did that for us. Yes, so death cannot hold us today. It cannot bind us. We thank you for Pentecost. We thank you for the release. We thank you for divine alignment, spirit, soul, and body. As they were in the upper room and they came together with one accord, we come together now with ourselves, divine alignment, that spirit, soul, and body. We give you praise for it now. We thank you, Father, for who you are, what you're continuing to do in our lives, Father. We give you praise now for your word. Giving you praise now for your word, Father. As we close today, believers. We close by declaring the word, Ephesians chapter 1, verses 19 through 23. This is our prayer. This is our declaration of faith. And so, that you will begin to know what the immeasurable and unlimited and surpassing greatness of his active spiritual power is in us who believe. These are in accordance with the working of his mighty strength giving praise now lift your hands which he produced in christ when he raised him from the dead seated him at his own right hand in the heavenly places far above all rule and authority and power and dominion with angelic far above every name that is named above every title that can be conferred not only in this age and world, but also in the one to come. And he put all things in every realm, in the supernatural realm today, Father. We pray in the spirit intentionally.
in other tongues as you give us utterance. And I thank you now, Father, yes, that you will begin to reveal our prayer language to us now. In subjection under Christ's feet and appointed him as supreme and authoritative head over all things in the church, which is his body, the fullness of him who fills and completes all things in all believers. We give you praise now, Father, for your grace. We give you praise for your mercy. We thank you for divine alignment, that spirit, soul, and body. Going out today, this week, believers, and a praise. Thank you, Father. Give him glory for your personal Pentecost experience. Thank you, Father.